It is Tuesday, March the 26th. Welcome to Two Guys, One Cup, an AFL podcast. My name is Will Anderson. And my name is Charlie Clawson. Or am I Will Anderson and you're Charlie Clawson? Because, Will, it was such a topsy-turvy round. (laughs) Up was down, left was right, good was evil. What happened? It was one of those rounds where if you got eight out of eight in your tips, you know nothing about football. And I think that that is demonstrated by the fact that we did both both did quite well in our tips. We both just picked random teams that shouldn't have won. Between us, we really picked every upset in this round, I think. Well, look, I confidently picked Brisbane as my lock of the week because I think I've been, I've been a big fan of Brisbane for the last 12 months. I watched them last year and so there's something's brewing here. They've recruited really well. I like, they like their coach. I think their coach is adorable. Like, I just think he's so great to watch. Did you see him on the bench this week, like coaching from the boundary line? <laughs> like, he gets so emotional and so upset. It's like he's going to blow a gasket. I don't want to see it happen because I, I like Chris Pagan, Dennis Fagan. But I, I, I just, I just, I'm all about the Brisbane Lions. I think they might be coming my second team. He coaches like a dad at uh, junior footy. Exactly. Like, I'm not sure that he actually knows what he's talking about, but he's very enthusiastic. He'd be a great dad. I bet there's, like, you know, there's, um, uh, when you're at primary school, one of the most embarrassing things that can happen is when you call your teacher dad or mum. Yeah. uh, At some stage. I reckon there's a few times where just accidentally the players, instead of calling him coach, call him dad. Yeah. I mean, I think, I know, like, the, the coaches have a prescribed wardrobe. They have to wear the polo with the sponsor's logos. But just to complete the image, he should be wearing like a cheap button-down cotton business shirt with a tie that he can be constantly like loosening and adjusting as the scores get closer because he just has that kind of energy. Yeah, and I would have thought that perhaps he should like keep his stuff in a bum bag. Yeah. I would like to see him rocking a bum bag. No, no. it's a beaten up old leather briefcase that keeps popping open and papers keep <laughs> spilling out. Like team sheets, tactics. Like whenever he does a post-match... There's always a half-eaten sandwich in Glad Rat just down <laughs> yeah, the bottom of that's it. Right. He opens it like sawdust falls out of it. And <laughs> <laughs> uh, what was your what was the story of the round for you? What performance or what or what story was the story of the round for you? Well, Charlie, the story of the round for me has got to be, you know, look, I mean, everybody said, oh, you must be excited about the first round of football. You know, the Bulldogs had a win. But no, I'm excited about the first round of football because Melbourne was so disappointing. <laughs> so like, disappointing. What a, what a brilliant start. That is like, you know, tuning into the final season of, you know, Game of Thrones and, and one of your, your favourite characters just, you know, completely goes out of their playbook. I, I, it was... It was just exactly what I imagined Melbourne to be. Uh, they were so disappointing. They were so disappointing that they actually made people sympathetic towards Jack Watts. <laughs> <laughs> like that requires some effort to be so poor at your job that you make people like Jack Watts. I mean, I also, you know what I do love about football is it just shows how forgiving we are as soon as somebody plays an okay game of football. Yeah, totally. Like he played one good game of football. And then he like made a little emotional like you know speech after the game, and then everybody's just etch a sketched everything that happened to him over the summer. Yeah. Everyone's like, ah, oh, well, 
Fair enough. He had a bit of a wacky summer, but he's played a game of good footy and he's done like one good interview, so everything's fine. I do love the way too now that like shit seems to be really readily acceptable in press conferences and like interviews with the media. Probably about 10 years ago, they would have tried to censor themselves, but I love in the interviews, like I've been, you know, I'd rather cop shit for a thousand years about being bad at footy than go through what I've been through. And I was like, we're just going to let that one pass. He didn't apologize or try and backtrack it. No, nah, all right. That's in. Shit's well, in. Well, li- Libba dropped the F-bomb and he's uh, on the telly after the Bulldogs win. And oh, I was just he? like, and no one even really made a fuss about it because I was just like, oh, you know what? Of all the things that Libba could be doing, <laughs> dropping the F-bomb on TV after a good game, we're, we're happy with that. Now, tell me, talk me through Libba's uh, ink. I haven't, is this new? The, does he have like a Simpsons character tattooed on his left arm? I believe he might even have two new Simpsons tattoos. Right. Um, so uh, I, I'm going to have a look. So... From memory, I haven't had a look at them. I think yet one up of them close, looked but... to be the nerdy teenager who works at the fast food store. You know, the one like, I'll have to confiscate your pass, that guy. Yeah, Miss, Mr. Wembley, I've done it again. Yeah, that guy. <laughs> Except that guy. Not quite as irritating as you made it sound. <laughs> Um, all right, hang on. I've looked it up. Uh, the latest of which, uh, uh, okay, here's it. The Western Bulldogs gun apparently added to his folder of tough stickers over the current off season, dragging out a deep cut Simpsons reference from the absolute top shelf. Um, what are you right, reading? Who, hang on, this is not the age or the AFL.com. Where are you getting this from? Has to be a no. This is from website. pedestrian. This oh, is right. the young people. Yeah, yeah. I was <laughs> They're like, say. look at this. This footballer's got Simpsons tattoos. This is right in our hitting zone at Pedestrian Online Magazine. <laughs> um, okay, so on one arm he has Homer Simpson, yeah, and on the other bicep he has yes the the fry chef kid. Um, let me see. Squeaky voice teen is the official. Uh, title of him on The Simpsons. So squeaky voice squeaky team. Voice team. Okay. Yeah. Um, and is there any explanation? Has he has he made a public statement about why he chose such an obscure character? Because it is an interesting choice, isn't it? Do you, it's interesting, isn't it? Like, um, do you think that... I mean, because he's a father-son, you know, so you'd think he could have got Homer and Bart, for example, to, yeah. like, represent, you know, the well, fact that he and his father have both played at the Bulldogs. Well, at first I thought... Oh, it was Mo, and I'm like, oh, that makes sense because he looks a bit like Mo. <laughs> <laughs> got, got, got and he also hair. looks like he spent a little bit too much time in a bar that he shouldn't be at. <laughs> yeah, at least surrounded by drunks. He looks like he spends his time in the company of alcoholics. Um, I'm going to see if there's any more information here. Uh, I'll go to. Uh, there's a Fox Sports article on his tattoos as well, so I'll have a look at that and see if it gives us any. Further information, but he was back, Libba, uh, yep. 28 touches and uh, tackling hard and he, geez, he makes the Bulldogs look better. Like that, having that tough inside tackling, you know, ball getting player just, you know, really, you know, it enables all those sort of outside Bulldogs players, those flashier outside skillful Bulldogs players to come into their own. He's going to, if we're going to have a good season, it's going to depend a lot on him playing, you know, well for the whole season, I think. Yeah, I mean, it was annoying though. Like, I was really enjoying watching uh, Chris Hemsworth and Matt Damon, and I kept interrupting it with all this <laughs> vision of the football. I didn't realize that Chris Hemsworth and Matt Damon were at the game. Why didn't they mention it on the commentary or show pictures of them at any stage? Did you there know has literally mates? been Marvel's. There has been Avengers films where Chris Hemsworth has not got as much <laughs> screen time as he did on Saturday night at the footy. Have you noticed that Channel 7 won't call it Marvel Stadium, too? That's one of the big things. No, I didn't notice that. 
So in the commentary, they, they refer to it as Docklands. They're not referring to it as Marvel Stadium. Why? Which I, I don't know what the so thinking some, is behind that. Some kind but, of clash of media ownership or something like that. Whoever owns Disney owns something, maybe rivals. Well, you know what the, the thing about that is? I actually did hear that one of the theories is because all the Marvel movies are on Stan and uh, Stan is a direct competitor to Channel 7, that they're Channel not 9. giving them the airtime. But here's my message to Channel 7. People have heard of Marvel. <laughs> the fact that we've named this stadium after Marvel, there's not one person who's like, so what's this Marvel that the stadium's named after? Yeah. Like down at GMHBA Stadium in Geelong, there's a few people going, I wonder what GMHBA stands for. But there's not one person walking into Marvel Stadium who's like, I've never heard of Marvel movies. Yeah. And you can't really have it both ways, can you? Where you keep cutting to Chris Hemsworth and referring to him as Thor. <laughs> but, you know, yeah. somehow think that maybe people won't know that there's some kind of Marvel well, I would. It would have been a real tell if they'd just only referred to him as his character's name from Home and Away. Yeah. <laughs> Kim. I believe his name was Kim. Uh, Chris Hemsworth, most famous, of course, for playing Kim in Home and Away. There was some other actor who has not even been in Home and Away. With his best mate, Matt Damon, who I believe is one half of the Siamese twin duo in Stuck on You. <laughs> his most famous role. Uh, the, it was exciting, though. It was a good game. It was that I, I got to watch most of the games, and that one, because of Danny McGinley, actually, the banner man Danny McGinley wrote a pretty funny tweet where he's saying that the move to Marvel Stadium felt like they'd also structured this, the, the style of the game into a Marvel plot, where it starts off with a hero receiving their powers, doing really well, then they're challenged by the bad guy, but then run off in the end. And that's it did have a wonderful... Like, it started with that Isaac Heaney mark, and then the Bulldogs got away, and then... Sydney came back. It was very entertaining. As a neutral observer, it was good to watch and it felt like the, the good guys won. Yeah, it was definitely one of those games where, I mean, all that nonsense about the Thor jumper and people being so offended by that jumper. I, the jumper looked pretty good, I thought. Mm. Like, I, I actually thought it looked really good. But secondly, with the combination of it being at Marvel and with the combination of Hemsworth being there and stuff, it just did all feel shiny and yes, exciting. very and when, shiny. And when you're at, when you're at the Bulldogs... Like the idea of us coming into this new season going, oh, this is great. It's like young, shiny, exciting. Like, you know, it feels like a bit of a superpower team up. That's what it felt like. All those guys mm. coming together. It was really cool. Like it was, I thought it was a really fun game to watch. I was really entertained by it. I actually had a gig on Saturday night. So I watched the first half at home on the couch and was like, how good is this? This is like really enjoyable to watch and then i watched the third quarter like on my phone as i was going into the gig and as i was backstage at the gig <laughs> and i had to go on stage when the swans had got back within three points <laughs> and i just literally for the 30 minutes i was on stage was like i bet the fucking swans have run over the top of us this is bullshit just dead silence like, for the first 15 minutes of your show and the audience is like is he crying i think he's crying i wanted to, i wanted to check I honestly wanted to check. I was like, I'm going to check. I'm going to check. But then I was like, well, what if the Swans have won? And then I'll be just angry for the second half of this show. So I didn't check until I came off stage. So I was, it was good news. Uh, what else caught your eye? Um, well, I mean, I think that the Bombers, obviously. Mm. The Bombers have got to be a big story. I mean, that was, that was just, no good. Uh, the they, all looked under, they all looked underdone. I mean, GWS looked amazing. I actually sort of, I think maybe... After last year, I was kind of a bit off the boil and I thought, well, they've maybe lost a few players and stuff, but they look good. Like, they look so sharp and, like, every one of their players is, like, St. Kilda's best player. 
Like they just, every one of them is quick, can hit a target, is good overhead, is handy if you put them up forward. Like they're just a team of superstars. And I feel like, I don't know, maybe the, maybe they've been a bit galvanized. Maybe the adversity of the injuries and stuff they've had over the last couple of years and the fact that they're still around the mark, like they haven't dropped away like Gold Coast or any of these other teams has sort of galvanized them. They're like, fuck it, we're in it with a fight. And also now that the Rance injury, maybe things are leveling out a little bit. Like it's been a fairly even competition the last couple of years. So why not GWS? And wouldn't that be amazing to be part of that inaugural team that wins a flag? I'm a, f- I'm a fan well, of a lot of teams in the competition apart from my own at the moment. <laughs> well, I think the thing about GWS is that because they've lost their players now and because they've been through a little bit of adversity and because they've got a little bit of history now and because this isn't the ideal time for them to sort of, you know, dominate the competition and whatever, I think there's a lot more love for them in general and they're probably playing better as a team because... It isn't that team of absolute A-grade superstars. It's a bit more of like, yeah, some A-grade superstars and some, yeah, very, very good next-level players who have to combine a bit. But if, if the theory was early on that because they were all like A-plus A sort of players, junior stars, the best players in their team, that none of them wanted to be the role player, none of mm. them wanted to do the grunt work. You know, and the thing that we've found in AFL is there's been such success with some of most clubs now, one of their best players came off the rookie list or was like, you know, a player that came through a di- different circumstance. And I think yeah. your team needs that mix of, you know, people who genuinely appreciate it that it hasn't come easy for. And <laughs> yeah. I think so that for, for the GWS, GWS have a bit of that. Yeah, for your GWS though, like for most other clubs, it's like, oh, we found this 23-year-old guy playing, you know, uh, B-reserve amateurs over in WA. But for the GWS, it's like, oh, we found this guy. He was a... He was only a top 20 draft pick from four years ago. <laughs> That's their outside. Oh, yeah. It's like, a team, it's like when a t- TV show like Beverly Hills 90210 wants to make one of the people a bit nerdy. Yeah. But they're still, Hot. in any other company, they'd still be the hottest person in the room. A hundred percent. I mean, there's that. There's also Frio's performance, I think, was pretty impressive. We said last week, we can't really get a read on Frio. We didn't know where they were going to finish. I think we said somewhere between bottom 16 and top seven. <laughs> But they look really good. Like, they look really good. And McCar- uh, Cam McCarthy... Actually, we should go back to the Bulldogs game because I need you to tell me a little bit more about this Norton fellow. Where did he come from? Uh, so he's been good. He, was, he came fourth in our best and fairest last season and didn't even... At 18 years old. He was, he was, he's one of those just naturally gifted footballers. He moves um, so well. You know, a dec- yeah, a decent uh, draft choice for us. A guy who's meant to be good, but clearly is good and was looking to play down back, I'd say, again this year. But they just flipped him up forward during the JLT. And I imagine if he plays like that, he you won't move him much from the forward line. He's got a lot of Chris Grant about him for mine. Yeah. Like, you know, as a Bulldogs fan, just that player who could play equally well sort of half back or half forward and just has that natural gift for running into spaces, has a really easy goal kicking. You know, like if he gets the ball within, you know, goal-kicking distance. He kind of seems to be casual enough about the idea that he could kick a goal. And he's 19 years old. He's, he's going to be an absolute superstar. That was so exciting. Perfect swing man, I think, is what he yeah. is. Can play centre-half forward or centre-half back. Yeah, no, he looks great. And it's also, you just realise now that Bont can play midfield full-time, it just makes a complete, you guys a completely different team. I mean, Bont was amazing as well. 
Yeah, it was one of those rounds for superstars coming back and being superstars. Like, you know, I watched the Geelong-Collingwood game and, you know, Dangerfield was best on ground in that game and in the Frio match, Nat Fife was best on ground in that game and, yeah, the Bulldogs game, Bontempelli was best on ground in the Bulldogs game and it did feel like a bit of a, you know, early season, the stars came out to play. You know, Boak played amazing for, you know, Port Adelaide. It was real old school return to some of our superstars of the AFL, you know, coming in and just being in really good form. And poor old Maxie Gorn, getting picked on now. They've worked him out. Scott Lysette has taken his IP across to Port Adelaide. Yeah, my IP is that he doesn't like being bashed up and yelled <laughs> out all the time. I mean, it's not, it's not the biggest secret. I don't think there's anyone who actually likes being bashed up and yelled at all the time. Like, it'd be a pretty consistent piece of IP if you want to put someone off their game, just kind of bash them up at any opportunity and everybody have a go at them. But, but yeah, it's certainly, like, Maxie's got to now work, you know, show that he can recover from that because that's a couple of games in a row where they've used that tactic against him. And when you're a player, it just must be one of those things where there's just got to be a bit of Maxie that goes, ah, oh, shit. Because, yes. like, if that's been revealed as your weakness, yeah, then you just signed up to a whole lot of people, like, bashing you up and, you know, yelling at you. And then you're like, oh, I don't want to go to work. <laughs> if I go to work, work was really fun last year when I was running around, kicking the footy, dominating. It was unreal. And There's now I go to work and everybody just, like, bashes me and yells at me. It's bullying. There was a great bit of footage when I think they were coming off at halftime where a couple of, like, uh, Port's first year players like literally in the draft last year were mouthing off at him like laughing at him and it was just like it just the the look of it was so impotent like it was so bad and it reminded me of I remember when I was in year 12 at high school for some reason this kid who was in year 9 like would you know catch the same train home just decided to start picking on me <laughs> Like, it was really weird. Like, he would just, like, say stuff to me. Not, like, trying to pick a fight, but just, like, he'd have little snipes at me. And at first, I was like, look, mate, it's beneath my consideration. You're a year nine, I'm a year 12, whatever. But slowly, it started to get in my head where, like, every time I got in this train, I'm like, is this little fucking sniper going to be? And sure enough, he would start. And then people started to notice that this kid was sniping at me. And I was kind of really powerless to do anything about it. And I remember, like, speaking to my year-level coordinator and saying, Look, I don't know what to do. Like this kid keeps sniping at me. I feel like a bit of a I feel like a bit of a dobber coming in to tell you, and I should be able to handle it to myself, but he's really got me rattled. <laughs> he's inside of, my head. He's inside he's got my, my kitchen. Yeah. <laughs> he's living rent free in my head. Well, yeah, and the other thing is you don't want to get that yeah, that to get around to other year nines. Yeah. You know? You're never gonna be able to catch a bus again yeah. once they know that's your weakness. Yeah, Clawson's mentally weak. <laughs> But the weird thing is, like, I had guys, you know, my year level who I'd fucking, like, put down in a second because, you know, I was up for it. But there's something about, oh, shit, I'm, it's coming so out of left field. I would never have thought that this little year nine would have the balls. And so I think maybe that's what happened with Max Gorn. He's like, are those two first-year players mouthing off at me? <laughs> it just completely throw you. I reckon it would, though, almost even more. Because if you can't, like, that's embarrassing when the first years are having a go at you. And that's the one where you're like, you know, like, if someone... If he's up against Brody Grundy and he's being sledged because Brody's like, you know, having a better game than he is, you're like, well, fair enough. This is a battle of two people who are equally matched. But when like the orange boys are having a go, you're like, oh, hang on. Well, that's when you want your enforcers to come in and like, you know, fly the flag. But who are Melbourne's enforcers? Maxi Gorn is. <laughs> well, he's not really though, is he? No. I mean. No, he's not. Uh, Oh, you know, it's Clayton Oliver and it used to be Tom Bug, but he's not there anymore. So they don't really have an enforcer, do they? 
Well, I don't know. He's, Viney's not really an uh, enforcer, is he? Well, he kind of is. He's, he's very, hard, but he's, he's not really an enforcer. He's a hard nut. I mean, who's the mad dog in your team? Who's the guy? Who's the Bulldogs? Who's your, who's your guy? The mad dog you send into the fray. Hmm. That's a really good question, actually. We used to have a lot of them, you know. There used to be a real... Like, you know what I mean? There was like your Danny Sullins yeah. and, you know, the original liver. I don't know who our modern day mad dog is, the one who's got a little bit of... Uh, the recent trend has been forward pockets, like your Toby Olivers, mm-hmm. Hayden Ballantines. Like, they tend to be the guys who get in your face and they're like, you know, they're really yappy and stuff. It wasn't so much, you know, I mean, I imagine... I, I And I don't know this to be the case, but you know how sometimes you just imagine what a player's like on the field with actually no real evidence of whether it's happening or not? I imagine that Tory Dixon might have a bit to say. Oh, really? Tory Dixon strikes me as one of those guys who's, you know, there's a lot of bravado around Tory, a lot of bluff and bravado around him. I reckon he might be a bit of a... And I reckon he'd be... There's something about Tory Dixon that says to me that if you were on a night out and you needed somebody to send into an affray, he would... Uh, <laughs> pack more punch than he might look on first look and what's going on he's completely like he's just shaved it now he's just going for the nathan eagleton look i mean is that contractually obliged at least one bulldogs player has to look like that yeah absolutely and so every year uh, somebody has to do the eagleton the full eagleton um there were some uh, decent haircuts going around at the bulldogs that that gave me a bit of optimism as well they clearly gone this is saturday night thor's here at the ground we're wearing our thor jumpers we've all got a pop down to, you know, King's Domain and get a flash new haircut. Was it just me or does Bevo look, he looks a bit older. It looks like the, the last year maybe got to him. Does he just look a bit, he used to have that kind of bit of a youthful, hey, I'm a skateboarding coach mm. kind of vibe, but now I don't know, he just looks a little more grizzled, a bit more Wolverine-y these days. Mm. Yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> well, a bit scar. more Logan Wolverine. Yes, totally. <laughs> <laughs> He's seen some things. Um, yeah, like he, well, I mean, you know, the passage of time comes for everyone, Charlie, uh, even uh, mm. Luke Beveridge. But um, it, yeah, I think there is, even he, who came in as a bit of like a younger sort of vibe coach, there's a couple of generations of players who've come through now, and we've got a lot of really young players. So I feel like he's kind of moving into a bit of that more father figure role anyway. Like, mm. I watched a couple of really cool videos uh, during the week where Bailey Smith got his jumper presentation and he spoke really well at that that the club put out and then they did one with his dad where Bailey Smith didn't know that his dad and mum were coming down but they got his dad and mum down to do the the jumper presentation and uh, it was really great because he actually said it was meant to be a secret but I walked down the hall and I smelt my mum's perfume and I was like, it's weird, that's mum's perfume. Mum must be here. (laughs) Did he really say that? Yeah. Yeah. Well, dogs have an acute sense of smell, so it does make sense. Yeah, but he looked good. Um, he's that he was. What, it was interesting to watch him because he came into the Bulldogs highly rated. He was our you know, big draft choice, number Bailey seven, Smith, right? And he's got a mullet. Can't miss him. He's the the young kid with the the big blonde mullet. But the funny thing about it is everything that everyone talked about him was. That he's the, you know, he measures his food. He's always wanted to be an AFL player. He spoke in his, in video about the idea that he had six, a list of six things he wanted to achieve on the back of his bedroom door when he was growing up. And like, you know, playing AFL was like the sixth one of those that he, you know, had achieved. And he was like that guy. But then he's got this like ridiculous blonde mullet, which I, I liked because I thought he was going to come in being a bit nerdy. Uh, so what about the Tigers? Alex Rance out for the season. 
Do you mm. think that is a significant dent to their, their finals aspirations? I mean, it's a dent to Richmond's finals aspirations. I think that like these days, you know, I mean, West Coast won the premiership without Gaff and without mm. Natanui and Collingwood got there with injuries. Like everybody has to overcome injuries to do it. Mm. But is there a more important player like in the league than Alex Rance? Or is, in, there, a, is, the it, idea that, is there a better defender? I probably, he's like easily the best and a half back going around. Well, it's not even his defense, though, is it? It's his all-over game, the way that he can turn defense into attack. Because I think you can fill the hole of him being a defender, but expecting somebody else to be able to, A, shut down the key forward, but also create attack mm. from that back line at the same time, that is that next-level player where there's only... You know, like Cordy at the Bulldogs does a pretty good job of being able to shut down the player that he's playing on. But he's not like at, at Alex Rance level yet of being able to then yeah, get the ball and then turn that back into an attack, for example. Yeah, running both ways is definitely an advantage. But it's also, like if you, it's very rare that you get a defender who you want to, who the public want to pay to see like they would afford. Like when Alex Rance is in a contest, it's exciting to see which way it's going to go because you know he's either going to like, risk you know risk his neck to, to to punch the ball out or he's going to set up a rebounding attack like you just said and also he's so good looking <laughs> like well, the, the good news is he can still be good looking like hurting your knee doesn't stop you from being good looking yeah but maybe they can just get him down to the ground and they could do a little like you know we we record this on skype and so i can see you behind the microphone but up in the top corner there's another little screen that just in a tiny way has me up there. Mm. Maybe they should just do that on the telecast yeah. where at all times there's this a shot of Alex Rance being handsome. Well, it's one of those things now where you see a player when, you know, when they get injured long-term and stuff like, no one likes to see that. But I thought his response was really refreshing. The way he sort of came out and said, yeah, look, you know, it's a knee, but I've got a pretty good life. <laughs> Like, I mean, it didn't sound like gloating. It sounded like, yeah, that's a guy who's got shit in perspective because we do tend to lose our minds a little bit when it comes to football and especially around one and it was such a dramatic way to end that game. But for him to sort of come out and say, I mean, have you seen me? Look, I wake up in the mirror and I look at myself and I'm like, fuck, I'm Alex Rance. I, I know that you uh, meant to say I wake up and I look in the mirror, but I like the idea that he wakes up in a mirror. <laughs> Like that he sleeps in a mirror so yeah. that at all stages he can get a little glance at himself. A glance at Rance? Sure that he's still, still very handsome. A little Rance glance. The Rance glance. Um, he, well, he more than anybody, I think, has a perspective that football isn't all of his life. I mean, he's the guy who, you know, if he's you believe the away. story, was going to take, well, he was going to take time off to do his missionary work. I mean, maybe... Maybe for him, this is like almost your perfect scenario. This is like he's a radio guy. He's yeah. got a year left on his contract and he's getting paid for a year, but he doesn't actually have to go in and do his radio. This is Maybe that's his equivalent. Like he has a year off playing footy. Maybe, maybe this is a big going to be what's bad for Richmond is going to be great for the world of missionary work. Because I'm imagine if Alex Rance gets out there and starts doing some missionary work again. Imagine if you get a knock on your door and you go, oh, fuck, here we go. Yeah. The bloody missionaries. And then Alex Rance is at your door. Of course you're inviting him in. <laughs> you're not going to let him leave. <laughs> Jamie Elliott's back, looking good. Dugowie and Elliott in your forward line seems like a, not a bad combination. Dugowie and Elliott. Like, certainly, if you were at a nightclub, and you needed some Winnie Blues, and Dugowie and Elliot were there, they'd be the first guys you went to. You'd be like, I bet those guys have got some smokes. 
They're the kind of guys who you think have a collection of sunglasses in their houses that have all been procured from a service station. Yeah, exactly. If you see them at the boiler room at the big day out, you go, those guys will have some meth. <laughs> I wanted to bring something up. Uh, someone sent to us, Blake, uh, on our Facebook page, sent us a message. This is from the Captain's Day, but I thought it would be fun to have a look at. It's uh, Weird Footy Nicknames. So they surveyed, surveyed, they surveyed all the uh, captains of the day and asked them what the weirdest, some of the weirdest nicknames and the explanations behind them were of some AFL players. So you ready for this? Well, why don't you give me the nickname and I'll try to work out who the player is. Is, okay. that, the, is yep. that a good way to yep. do it? Okay. So the first up, uh, this is, they interviewed Patrick Cripps first and he likes the nickname Brackets. What player is Brackets? Oh, Brackets. Now, I think I do know who Brackets is. But you can probably, if you can work out, I can, I can hint at what the, what the nickname refers to and then I think you can probably narrow it down to who that might fit. Yeah, okay, good. So Love Brackets uh, uh, um, is because he wears uh, the number 11. And so when you see those numbers on his back, they fill out quite a bit. So maybe a person... So he's, he's a big fella he's a and big he wears fella. 11. Yeah. I, I'm not very good with numbers, but he's a big fella. So I'm going to say McGovern. Yes. Is McGovern's nickname You're 100% brackets. right. So Patrick Cripps <laughs> says he's got the number 11 and everyone is pulling the piss out of him because of his solid build and the fact that he's 11 looks, looks more like brackets. Okay. Uh, Jack Zebel. His favourite nickname is Shamrock17. <laughs> Shamrock17. One of the Irish players, I imagine. No. No. Shamrock17. You'll never okay, guess give it. Me, give me a clue. Okay. Uh, you'll never Tell guess me. it. Well, it's, it's a... Uh, his first name is Jasper. Jasper Pittard. Yes. And Zebel says, uh, the name is self-reclaimed and I can't give you any information on that. That's just his nickname. <laughs> Right, so he's come in, Jasper Pittard, and told people, call me Shamrock17. Which sounds like the kind of name you might find on 4chan. <laughs> yeah, exactly. My, when, when I'm on the dark web, I'm referred to as Shamrock17. So I'd prefer you call me by my username, Shamrock17. Uh, I set up my Yahoo account on St. Patrick's Day. My username is Shamrock17. Uh, he, he gives another. He gives another uh, favorite nickname, Scotty Too Hotty. Who do you think he's referring to with that? Scotty Too Hotty. Okay, was well, it Scott somebody? Obviously, is it Scott somebody or some or somebody Scott? Maybe. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, okay. That does make a lot more sense. Maybe uh, a father son. Don Scott. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, Don Scott, who must be what seventy by now, refers to himself as Scotty Too Hotty. <laughs> um. Uh, yeah, the young Scott. What's his name? Bailey. Bailey Scott. Okay. And the story behind that is it's self-explanatory. Okay. Ben Stratton from the, from the Hawks. Uh, Chooker. By the way, you're happy if they go with Scotty too hottie rather than Scotty not hottie. <laughs> so, you know, it, it could go one way or the other because all it's got to do is rhyme with hottie at the end. Scotty and hottie have got to rhyme. Yeah, the bit in the middle could have gone either way. Who's called Chooker? A new hawk. Chooker. A new hawk. That's the clue. Oh, Chad Wingard. There you go. Is his name? Okay, is it because of Wing? Is it because of Wing? He's not, but he's not Wingard, he's Wingard. Uh, Stratton, Chook. says, Stratton says, I have no idea where it comes from. Everyone just calls him Chooker. I mean, I think it's just the Ch. Chad, Chook. It's close enough. You don't need much more of a reason than that, do you, in Australian sport? Well, obviously you don't. I, <laughs> I, I guess I was looking for something more complex, but yeah, fair enough, Chooker. This, is, uh, this will be impossible to guess because I've never heard of this player, but... Uh, his nickname is the Fed Express. 
no, Roger Federer. That you're thinking of the tennis player Roger no, Federer. I am aware. Is the Fed Express? I am aware. Well, if you can think of a player at Hawthorne who looks like Roger Federer, you might get closer to answering this. <laughs> no, I can't. The player's name is Matt Walker. Matt with one T. Uh, he oh, thinks okay. he looks like Roger Federer. I'd stick with that if I was him, <laughs> says Ben Stratton. <laughs> okay, uh, Phil Davis. His favourite nickname is Train. Train. Yeah, I've, um, I haven't heard of this guy either. Okay, tell me then. Uh, Tommy Sheridan. Oh, yeah, okay. Tommy Sheridan, but why is he called Train? We just traded in Tommy Sheridan, whose nickname was Train, but we also had Nick Haynes, whose nickname was Train. So Tommy decided to come in and call Nick Haynes Plain <laughs> and call himself <laughs> Train. So that's probably one of my favourites. I'm not sure it's gained any traction, but he's trying really hard. <laughs> we're both called train so could you be plain is that is that you, okay are you allowed to do that to come in and like change someone else's nickname because it already exists i don't think that's legal well i mean it's like when a new player goes to a club and somebody already has the number that they used to wear at their old club and there might be a negotiation over who gets the number there should be like a similar style negotiation over who gets the nickname yeah like, there's only room for one train at the club you can't have like a you know well, I suppose you could go big train, little train, you know, that sort of thing. Well, let's hang on. So Tommy Sheridan wants to be called train and Nick mm. Haynes wants to be called train. I think Tommy's mm. got more of a reason because there's at least a T in his name. I think Nick Haynes plane makes more sense, like the Hain plane. Yeah, but it could be the Hain train. Yeah, but Tommy Sheridan, yeah, you're right. Hain <laughs> rhymes more like train. Tommy Sheridan yeah, should have exactly. called himself Sheets. He should be called Sheets. <laughs> okay. Yeah, Tommy Sheets Sheridan. Yeah, that's great. That's much better. Sheridan Sheets. Yeah, okay. So you're from now on, Tommy Sheridan is called Sheets. Yeah. And Nick Haynes can be called planes or trains or automobiles <laughs> if you'd like. Uh okay, so the next they chatted to Jason Johannesson. Oh yeah. Um who you should well hang on. Are they okay. Uh Bazlenka. Bazlenka. Yeah. Um, no, don't you know. You just talked Who? about him. I, I just talked about him. Yeah, as a player that you like. Uh, maybe not his hair so much, or maybe he's because of his hair. I couldn't remember what you said. Oh, okay. So uh, Bailey Smith, yes. are we talking about? Yes. Okay. Baz uh, so, Lenka. Yeah, so Jason says it's not really the best, and it's pretty much self-proclaimed, but Bailey Smith has given himself the nickname Baz Lenka. I'm not sure where it's come from, but the boys are running with it. <laughs> so not a lot of due diligence down at the Bulldogs. I mean, up at GWS. a terrible right-wing racial slur, but we, we haven't dug around. Tommy Sheridan had to put in like three stat decks in writing. Yeah, Tommy, Tommy Sheridan had to get planning permission. He had to get somebody like a name change form, had to redo their passport application. Okay, Joel Selwood. Uh, this should be easy if you think about it. And then confusing when you hear the explanation. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Chucky. Okay, Chucky, like the doll Chucky. Um, That's where Gary it gets Rowan. confusing. Gary Rowan looks Bingo, like the doll Bango, from Chucky. Right? So I read that and I same thing. Chucky, the doll from Chucky. Makes perfect sense. Yeah. Um, Joel explains, there's already a gaz at Geelong. So Rowan is named after the redheaded character from the TV show Rugrats. <laughs> <laughs> so the second most famous redheaded fictional Chucky. <laughs> Makes no sense. 
Pick the most famous one. <sighs> well, that's a, you know what that is, Charlie? It's a different generation, yeah, mate. Yeah, different generation. Okay. Uh, so, Luke Parker. Uh, favorite nickname is Raggy. <laughs> okay, Raggy. Uh, Raggy, Ragdoll, Raggy, uh, Oily Rag. Um, uh, Ragtown Music, Rag. No. Uh, no. I don't know. It's for the player uh, Durak Tucker. And this is good because I like... This is, this is how I think nicknames should evolve, where you build on an idea. So he explains, it started with his name Durak, turned into Durag, which has gone to Raggy. So now I'm sticking with that. Durak, Durag, Raggy. It makes sense. Yep, like it. Yeah, good, like right? It. That's what it should Happy be. with that. Tommy Sheridan. Tommy Sheridan. Easy to understand. To... Yeah, that's yeah, how it works. Exactly. Tommy Sheridan. Sheridan, Sheridan Sheets. 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 Name Sheets. Sheets. <laughs> Sheets. Easy. Well, that's maybe it should be our job. Start of each year, they bring in two guys, one cup, and we get to go around, the, we go down every team's list and we give them nicknames that have a logical extension. Right. I'm very happy to do that. I, yeah. that, that would be... You know, Brad like Dick. the AFL spend. Um, uh, <laughs> <laughs> we spend half an hour going, Brad, Brad. <laughs> Guys, I think you're overlooking something. No, Bradford. Uh, no, no, again. Uh, he gives another example Lizard. Okay, Lizard. Um, he's a father. Right, uh, oh, not a father's son, but he's the son of a famous North Melbourne player. Oh, oh, okay. He played on the um, weekend. Think of on the buses, oh, Blakey. Yes, Blakey from on the buses. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. He was Which good, Blakey. The- should be his nickname on the buses, right? But or buses. Well, not not when you have to be in a league where people can't decide if they're a train or a plane. <laughs> you don't want to come to that being a bus. You know, you don't want to bring a bus to a train and plane fight. Um, I think that he played really well. Did you see any yeah. any of the yeah, Bulldogs yeah, no, Swans game? He. He looked like a ready-made AFL footballer. I I'm thought. wondering why how he didn't get to North through Father Son because I think John Blakey coaches at the Swans, but that's not how Father Son. Yeah, I think Son it was like an acad- some sort of academy pick or something like that. I think. Right. Okay. But I thought if you played over 100 games, like you automatically, or is that just like an option that you can Father Son, but doesn't mean that club does get first dibs. Well, isn't there like the system where you have to? nominated a certain level and maybe I, I, I don't know i don't actually know like we can Mike speculate Al, can, in there can two- you google while we're talking about the just the the father-son rule in afl how it works and we might come back to that uh do you want to know why it's called lizard yeah absolutely i do uh, blakey snakey lizard that'd well, be good i'd be happy with that if it went from like blakey to snakey to lizard I, that would be a good nickname progression and that would make sense but no <laughs> It's because he looks like a lizard of Men in Black, one of those aliens. <laughs> so, nice bit of cruelty injected into the swans. Uh, no dickheads policy it, at the swans. Surely you could call him Blackie, like Men in Black. Yeah, or like heaps more yeah, sense. Men in Blake. I've told this story before, but I do remember early on in Nat Feist's career when he was like first or second year player, I think he won a, a Rising Star nomination. And they're interviewing him. And this is, bef- this is pre-metrosexual, extroverted, introvert, uh, Nat Fife. This was junior, goofy, hadn't filled out his body yet, uh, 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 Nat Fife. And they were asking him, what's your nickname? And he says, oh, they call me Avatar. <laughs> and they said, why? And he's gone, because they reckon I look like one of those aliens. And so the, 
report the news report brought up like a side by side split screen of him and one of the Avatar aliens, and god damn it, if he did not look like one of those blue cat people. I mean, is there any chance that the reason he's back and playing so well is that over the off season, you know when they often see send someone overseas to, you know, see some specialist surgeon or to get like, you know, pig's blood injected into their hamstrings or something like that. Is there any chance that Nat Fife has spent his off season with James Cameron? Yeah. <laughs> They've had James Cameron working on making Nat Fife into a better footballer all summer. <clears throat> Dane Zorko. Uh, this could be easy to guess if you knew Brisbane's list, but I don't. I mean, I assume this is a Brisbane player. So his nickname is TJ. Okay. Uh, Tom Jonas. Or close. Uh, Thomas Jane. No. Tony Jones. Nah. Uh, <laughs> TJ Hooker. Uh, TJ. <laughs> uh, it's uh, um, referring to the player Tom Joyce. And okay. uh, Dane Zorko's explanation, I think, is my favourite of the captains thus far. Mm. Tom Joyce is called TJ, and he hates being called TJ, so naturally everyone calls him TJ. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was going to be, uh, his nickname is TJ because his initials are TJ. <laughs> the end. <laughs> Pendles is up next. Uh, R2. Okay, so uh, Star Wars, R2-D2, it's got to be, surely, there's got to be I, some R2-D2 style. Well, uh, the player in question is R2 Bozen Volagi. He's got a written, so Scott explained, R2 Bozen Volagi. I apologise for not pronouncing that right. Bosenavalagi. Bosenavalagi. Atu He's got a really long last name, so no one ever really goes to call him by his last name. So all he really gets called is R2. A2? R2. Or maybe R2 is pronounced R2. It's spelled right. A-T-U, but it's probably pronounced R2. Yeah. So that's not okay. a nickname. So it's that's not, his, it's that's nothing his... to do with Star Wars at all, is what no. you're saying. <laughs> no, but it's... I mean, look, we would have to work out how A-T-U is pronounced, his first name, but I think they might just be yeah. calling him his first name. Yeah, his nickname is his first name. You don't know how this works, Joel. <laughs> Max Gorman. My nickname is Joel. <laughs> no, that's your first name, mate. <laughs> Selwood? Gary's nickname is Gary. No, 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 See, no. Again, no, I'm just going to run you through this one more time. <laughs> <clears throat> okay, next up was Max Gorn. Uh, there's a player called Google. Uh, Google. Uh, okay, so... Is it somebody who has an interesting search history? Is it that sort of thing? Or is it like... It's not, well, it's, um, it's not a play on name. So you're not going to guess the name from uh, the nickname. It's about his, okay. uh, his, his demeanour and his behaviour. Okay, now you're going to have to tell me then. Cade Chandler. Not Carl Chandler, Aussie comedian. Cade Chandler. I, I assume he plays for Melbourne. I mean, I assume so. Uh, and Max continues, he knows everything. You hear these stories about guys who know everything, but he literally knows everything. <laughs> Apart from how to play football well enough that we recognise his name. <laughs> uh, it would be great if his nickname down at the club was Carl and it, you had revealed that they call him Carl because they're all big fans of the popular Australian podcast, The Little Dumb Dumb, Dumb, Dumb Club. club. <laughs> uh, Max gives another example. Uh, the nickname, I'll just go with this one because it's easier. Mm. The nickname is Marty Hoare. The player's name is Marty Hoare. And Max explains, Marty Hoare is such a good name to say full 10 times quickly. It's beautiful. So he actually gets his full name, which is quite good. Do you want to try saying Marty Hoare quickly 10 times? Marty Hoare? Is it Marty Hoare? Marty, as in Martin. Marty Hoare. 
Mariho, Matiho, faster. Matiho, faster. Mariho, 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 Mariho. Sounds like you're saying Mario with an accent. Mario, Mario, Matiho, Matiho, Matiho. Okay, the Koch is up next. Porsche or Valentino? Now this one there is a logical extension from the name, sort of. Sort of. Uh, but, Josh Carr. Oh, you're close. Think of um, uh, uh, Arrested Development. Mm, no, you're going to have to tell me. Okay. Porsche or Valentino. The player is Jack Ross. He gets Rossi, gets Porsche, as in De Rossi, which I Porsche like. Porsche Rossi. Yeah. Yeah, okay. After the actress or Valentino after the MotoGP superstar. Okay, that's good. That yeah. is a good progression over how a nickname should work. Yeah. I applaud it. Take note, Tommy Sheridan. Tommy Sheets Sheridan. Yeah. <laughs> Sheets. Uh, Shannon Hearn, who I believe is the captain of the Eagles. <laughs> yes. Uh, Skinny X. Again, this uh, relates directly to the player's name, but I, I, I'm not sure who this guy is. He might be new. Skinny okay, X. Okay, tell me. Well, how many names begin with X? Xavier. Xavier, yeah. Xavier someone. Yeah, Xavier O'Neill. Uh, he's just come to the club. He's our first pick, and we had Xavier Ellis from Hawthorne already, and he was known as yep. Fat X. <laughs> So yeah. just known as Skinny X. Poor old Xavier Ellis. Literally when, you, but literally when you said that, I was like, well, it's not Xavier Ellis because he wasn't skinny. So it does make a lot of sense. All right. Nat Fife is next up. Mm. The nickname is Tin Man and it belongs to Luke Valenti. And that explains, I think it's to do with the with their adjusting his running style to make him more durable. So he's running very rigid, like the Tin Man. Well, yeah, what, what, what you're saying there like... is that Nat Five has no idea why he's called no Tin idea. Man. <laughs> and Nat Five didn't even know that his name was Tim. Uh, is it Tim? Tim? No, Luke. Did you say? Luke, Luke. sorry. Well, Nat Five thought his name was Tim. Yeah. Uh, Nat Five, the way it works at Freo is that your nickname or name is whatever Nat Five calls you. <laughs> So often he'll just go, oh, that guy, you, yeah. you Tin Man. A lot and of you, guys. Cowardly Lion. It's a lot of people called mate and buddy. Uh, and on yeah. game day, there's a lot of quick hands. <laughs> Your name is yeah. now Quick Hands. Yeah. yeah, 14 guys at the club's nicknames are Quick Hands. Uh, six members of the playing list are called mate. Uh, there's a, five buddies, I think. Yeah, there's, and, a, there's a few Yahots. Yeah. <laughs> Gets really confused playing Sydney because when people are calling for Buddy Franklin, he's like, like thinks sixteen guys are going for the ball. <laughs> All right, next up is Jarangiri, Uh MP four hundred. MP four hundred. The initials of a play debuted on the weekend. Did quite well in the first half. Uh, Mike Pike, Martin Pike, Matthew um, Parker, Matty Parker, Matthew Pavlich. MP400. Uh, Jaren says, I'm not really sure why, but he calls himself that. I'm not sure what it means, but that's his Instagram hashtag. He's pretty handy, though, so we'll let him have it. <laughs> <laughs> We're just relieved he's not called Jack. <laughs> he doesn't have a concussion. Yeah. His heart seems to work fine. You know what? He can call himself whatever the fuck he wants to call himself. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, Mick Fanning. Uh, Rory Sloan. He's, uh, there's a nickname at the uh, Adelaide for a player, and it's Mick Fanning. They call him Mick Fanning. There's no way you'll get this. I'll just tell you. Is it because he's a surfer? Or is it because he looks like Mick Fanning? Is it because he once punched a shark? 
I mean, all of those things are kind of yes, but it still won't help you work out who the player is. So it's Hugh Greenwood. Okay. And Rory explains he's uh, now known, so it's a recent one, now known as Mick Fanning uh, since he had the shark encounter. I don't remember reading that news, but I guess it's something that happened. Um, and so a few boys are calling him Mick. And it could have just ended it there, but Rory has to get in a side swipe. He goes, he wasn't a hero like Mick. He didn't punch it or fight it off or anything. <laughs> I mean, come on. What did, what did Hugh Greenwood ever do to you? <laughs> well, what I love is, is like, no, he's protective of Mick. You know, he's like, you know, yeah. you can't just like see a shark and be near a shark and then suddenly think that you're out there surfing and punching sharks like Mick Fanning is. Yeah, but I don't know that he gave himself the name Mick Fanning. <laughs> I think other people gave him the name Mick Fanning and said, yeah, you're Mick Fanning, but you're not as brave as Mick Fanning. You're not a hero like Mick Fanning. It's like, I didn't say I was. Yeah, but that's, it's like me going in the zoo and then calling myself David Attenborough. It doesn't work <laughs> like that. Uh, he gives another example or another player, uh, the alpaca. Uh, again, no clue to the name. It's for a player called Ned McHenry. <laughs> okay, sure. Gee, we missed him in our season preview. We didn't uh, talk about Ned McHenry, how he's shaped. Up. What a, that sounds made up, Ned McHenry. Sounds like, sounds like one of the Simpsons characters that Libba might get tattooed on him, I would have thought. <laughs> he just loves alpacas. <laughs> he's, got a, <laughs> he's got a great story. He's got a great story. I'm not going to tell the story for him. I'm not going to tell the story for him. Get him to tell it one day. I mean, is this the kind of story that might get an NRL player suspended for half a season? Oh, yeah. I did some coke off an alpaca's dick. Actually, you know what? This is not a great story to tell. All right. This should be easy to guess. Tom Tom Jonas from Port Adelaide. Lychat. Yeah. Uh, Lysette? Yeah. Scott Lysette. We've got Scott Lysette, who's known as a Lychat. It's just a bit of a port thing. It's a bit of an in-house joke. <laughs> the thing about nicknames is they come from the most obscure places. Okay, thanks, Tom Jonas, for explaining to us how fucking nickname works. Got to all the way to the bottom of this article and hadn't realised. I mean, <laughs> the Oxford Dictionary defines a nickname. <laughs> you should hear what we call Jack Watts. But I can't explain that story. I mean, it involves an alpaca. Okay, so this, I didn't complete the Tom Jonas quote. This gets better. So he starts off fucking like condescendingly telling us what a nickname was. The thing about nicknames is they come from the most obscure places. And then we've got Boyd Woodcock. So he's stiffy. <laughs> <laughs> Why? You're not going to explain the mysteries of that one, Tom Jonas? I mean, wouldn't he be like uh, Pinocchio or something like that? Like, you know, if you're going to go... Yeah, something that actually has... Uh, what about Woody? Woody Woodpecker. That'd be a great nickname for him. He should call, they should call him Woody. <laughs> Jared Witz uh, is the last captain interviewed and, you know, fairly appropriately is the captain of the Gold Coast. They don't even really give him a full section like the other captains. They just get a, they just get a quote from him. Uh, he says, uh, there's Ranks, Isaac Rankin, there's Kingy, Ben King, and Colo, Sam Collins. And then he pauses and he goes... That's a bit embarrassing. We've got 12 new players <laughs> and none of them have good nicknames. <laughs> That's exactly right, Jared. None of them have good nicknames. What happened to two-meter Peter? Are they all, they're, they're calling him Peter Wright on the weekend in the Saints game. And I was like, I thought that was just widely acknowledged his two-meter Peter. Has there been some sort of off-season 
uh, measuring process right. whereby, you know, maybe like, you know, when Grant Denyer hurt his back in the, you know, in that car, car accident crash. and he actually lost like an inch off his height, is there a chance that two metre Peter now isn't two metres anymore and yeah, right. uh, they're trying to cover it up? 198. They've got to call him from now on. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he's, he's 199. He's not quite two meter, Peter. Uh, okay. I'm just going to look at this father-son rule. Mike Hal has sent us a link. Oh, shit. Actually, can you click on it, Will? Because my computer's set up weird. I can't access mm. my Safari. Can you sure. click on that Wikipedia link? Well, okay. The bidding system is the important bit here. So in 2007, following concerns that the potential first-round draftees were being selected for unfairly low picks under the father-son, a bidding system was established to ensure father-son recruits could still be preferentially drafted by the father's club, but at fair market value. Under the 2007 amendment, any club could bid on another club's son with one of its drafts. So, you know, if you know, St Kilda has pick number five and you want um, Blakey, you can say we want him, and then the team has to match right. uh, and take it, take it at, at that pick. So you can actually get an opportunity to draft. But that doesn't necessarily explain what so happened how, to Blakey. Cause how does that... So how does that work? So how do they work so, out the market value of the player, of the of the son? Well, market value is essentially what another club is willing to pay for them. Right, okay. So here, here's an article from The Age that I found uh, by Jake Nile. He always has good information. Uh, Sydney have won the battle for highly rated youngster Nick Blakey, who has told North Melbourne he wants to join the Swans as an academy player rather than signing with the Kangaroos as a father-son. Mm-hmm. So, um, he, yeah, he wanted to remain in Sydney where his dad was a coach. Right. Um, and, uh, yeah, so he chose the Swans. Oh, that'd be gutting. Uh, the, Roo, the, Roos have been, the Roos have been disappointed that the father-son status does not supersede an academy recruit under the AFL rules. Yeah, that does seem a little unfair. Um, John Blakey played 359 games for North and Fitzroy and was a member of the Kangaroos Premiership teams of 96 and 99. He's been working for the Swans for more than a decade uh, and Nick has been raised in Sydney and has been in the club's academy for several years. Ah, uh, that's so heartbreaking. I mean, look, basically, I'm putting all my hope in St Kilda's second premiership when Nick Revolt's three sons come of or two sons. He's got a third one on the way <laughs> when they come of age. So in 2038, I'm hoping the Saints will be challenging again when we've got a Revolt up front and a Revolt at centre-half back. Yeah, it'd be great if Richo just had one of his press conferences from the maternity ward <laughs> yeah. and talked about the 18-year rebuild that he's on down at the club. Um, Okie dokie. Should we look at the games coming up this week? Yeah, just briefly while we're on the Saints, we yeah. should have a quick chat about oh, the Saints. So, no, uh, no, we don't have to. It's all right. <laughs> You don't want to take this opportunity when the Saints have had a win to celebrate the fact that they've had a win? Oh, look, you know what? I'm not as down on the win as everyone else. It, I think it is a it is an accurate representation of where we're at, considering the amount of injuries One we've point had. better than Gold Coast. <laughs> One point better than Gold Coast. Like, it, uh, there will be not a lot to cheer for this year. So not, not only will I... Uh, Will I brag on the team? I'm just not going to dissect the wins either. I'll just be happy to take what I can get. But, you know, there were some flashes. There, there's some good things. It's just, I think, if we were to have a good season this year, it would defy all expectation. We would be the Mighty Ducks. So, uh, I, 
I'm trying well, it's a, to... It's a, you know what it is? What? As Mike Hall has just noted, it's a good indication of where the Saints at, that they've got a 100% win rate this season and they still are not in the eight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I feel like this year I'm just going to have to kind of um, numb myself to the pain. I'm just going to have to enjoy the success of other teams like Brisbane and the Bulldogs. And I'll just have to numb myself. I mean, the thing is, I feel like there's no one can say anything this year. No Damien Barrett article or David King article can make me feel worse about my club than I already do. So that's that's one comfort to know. It's like, I feel like I'm at rock bottom. <laughs> and we've... And we're, and we've, we've had a win, but I feel like I'm at rock bottom. I think I texted you on the weekend to say sometimes a win can feel like a loss. I mean, there, were, there was an element of, like, there was a few people who messaged us online going, oh, well, at least you guys will be up and about. And I was like, well, the Bulldogs nearly lost in the final quarter and the Saints could have lost. So we might not have actually been doing the podcast this week <laughs> if it had just the ball had bounced the other way a couple of times. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, I, I feel... I feel like in order to survive this season and 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 get through uh, another year of two guys one cup, I need to focus on some positives, some positives at other clubs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're going to focus on some positives, and we will not be looking internally for those positives. Well, it's just I had rated if Richo had the same approach. He's like, look. Um, yeah, I, I'd like to do my press conference today, post-match press conference, but I'd like to talk about last night's game and uh, how good Patrick Dangerfield looked. <laughs> well, even like watching the Carlton-Richmond game and, you know, the Tigers were all over him and then the Carlton had this really spirited fight back, didn't have enough petrol in the tank to run the game out, but there was so much to like about that young Carlton side, you know, and I just sort of feel like we're not even really... We're not really there either because all our exciting young draft picks are injured as well. Like all our good senior players are injured. All our young, exciting draft picks are injured. So we're kind of really in this uh, hard to sell anything about these games. Yes, I could not agree. And not only that, that but all our games this year are at 1 p.m. on a Sunday. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it really is hard to sell these games. I mean, here's what I would say. At least it's not going to ruin your whole weekend. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. My my whole year's been ruined already. What's what's a weekend going to be? Okay, let's look at the games coming up. On Thursday night, which is uh I don't know, tomorrow I think this episode comes out, Wednesday when this comes out. Um yeah. R- Richmond versus Collingwood oh, at you. the MCG. Yeah. Great. Big game. Uh Collingwood looking to avenge last week, Richmond trying to adjust to life post Rants, um, I don't know. What's your feeling on this? <sighs> it's a tough one, this one. I'd like, you know, Collingwood would want to play better than they did, you know, against Geelong. But they didn't. The other thing, the thing about Collingwood was if they kicked straight, they probably would have won that by a fair bit, I reckon. Mm. Um, Richmond, it'll be interesting to see. Like, I think they're going to be fine without Rants. And I think it's not going to be the first couple of weeks where it'll really tell. I reckon yeah. it's just... Can they sustain it for the entire season? Um, I'm going to say, geez, it's a hard one to pick this one. Toss of a coin, but I'm going to say Richmond uh, payback for the prelim final. They're the ones that have more on the line. Collingwood started a little bit later. I'm going to say Richmond. Uh, Then I will pick Collingwood. I feel like they're going to be ruining last week. I reckon Nathan Buckley's had them meditating this week, doing their chants. (laughs) Getting all ready uh, to exact, uh, was it Song Zhu's The Art of War? <laughs> They're all reading that this week. I mean, Jamie Elliott, it, 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 we did mention him, but it was great to see him back and remember how much of a 
like Exciting superstar player. player is. He's going to make a big difference to them down forward. And also, good nickname, Billy. Simple, right? Yeah. Billy Elliot. Yeah. Um, what do you reckon they'll get a crowd here? I reckon 80 plus? 80 plus, easy. Thursday easy, night? Easy, 80 plus. On the Thursday night? 90,000. Really? Richmond home game. Richmond players, Richmond fans come out strong. Up against Collingwood, yeah, 90,000. Okay, I'm going to say 85,000. Let's see who gets closest to the pin. All right, Friday. Um, all right, on. Friday. Sydney versus Adelaide at the SCG. Um, I Adelaide were really, really disappointing, and it's hard to know if they're shit um, or if they're just off their game. Sydney were also disappointing, but then showed some fight back, but they looked just underdone. Too many players were underdone. It's hard to know. Last year, the SCG wasn't the fortress that it has been in the past. I don't know. Tell me, you you pick one and I'll 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 think about it. Pick the other one. Is that what you're going to yeah, do? Yeah, I'm going to say much. Sydney. I'm going to say Sydney at home, based on the fact that yeah, I think that Sydney, even when they're not playing well, clearly are capable of you know doing well enough in patches to get back into it. I don't think Buddy will play, um, you know, as badly two weeks in a row. I think they'll be better for the run, Sydney. I think yeah, Sydney at home. All right. I'm going to pick Adelaide just because if they don't win, it's going to be fucking panic stations in South Australia. And I want to see that. Essendon <laughs> <laughs> uh, taking on the Saints at Marvel on yeah. Saturday. The lacklustre Bombers taking on the barely surviving Saints. Um, yeah, I think Essendon will beat us up on this one. I think they'll have a point to prove. And unfortunately, we will be, we will be the victims. Uh, yeah, I think that's probably true too. I reckon Essendon are the sort of team that are going to beat the sort of bottom-ranked teams really, really easily. Downhill not, skiers, not be able would to play. you say, uh, Will, flat-track bullies? Uh, I think that they might be the new flat-track bullies, the Essendon Football Club. So I'm going to say that, yeah, the Bombers win that. Port Adelaide take on Carlton at Adelaide Oval. This now shapes as a really interesting game. Uh, Port, who a lot of people have written off at the start of the year, showed some real fight. And some tactical nous. Well, tactical nous is just bullying Max Gorn, but... <laughs> yeah, their plan against Carlton is also to bully Max Gorn. Let's <laughs> <laughs> just call him up mid-game. Uh, I'll pick Port in that game. Um, yeah, I'm going to say Port too. I mean, the, the old Port, the one that we've seen the last couple of years, are so unpredictable that they'd have a great win, you know, last week and then follow it up with a disappointing loss against Carlton at home. But no, I reckon Port win that too. Geelong take on Melbourne. In Geelong. GMHBA, home yeah. game. Uh, Melbourne need to win. Melbourne need to um, go down there and send a message to their supporters that they, uh, you know, that they're not going to be a disappointing team, that they just had a, you know, a blip last week um, and everything's going to be fine. But uh, as I, you know, am riding Melbourne to be shit and as I'm riding Geelong clearly to win the Premiership, Charlie, I'm going to say Geelong at home. Uh, yeah, I'm going to pick Geelong as well. It'll be interesting to see. They match up quite well when you think about how those midfields line up against each other and the rucks and the midfield, the backs. I wonder if they'll... I mean, everyone's going to have the same tactics with Max Gorn, but I think about like Gaz and I think about Danger. Joel Selwood, I can see doing it, but I don't see those other guys getting into Max Gorn. They don't seem like those kind of dudes, do they? No, I, I, you can't imagine Reese Stanley roughing up Max Gorn. No, but they, they'd have to have someone in there. Send someone in to do that. Bring back Max Rook. 
Well, I think uh, Matt Scarlett still coaches down there, so they just get Scarlett to do it pre-game. Yelling from the fence. I mean, between Chris Scott and Scarlo, you could still definitely get inside Max Gordon's head. <laughs> West Coast take on the Giants <clears throat> over in WA. This is exciting match. Uh, West Coast a lot to prove after last week's disappointing showing. GWS looked fucking electric. Um, controversial start to the year. I'm going to say Giants win this, and that's my luck of the week. I mean... There's good arguments that say that, you know, West Coast, you know, like if you go by the idea that they start late, you know, premiership hangover, whatever, but they're unfurling the flag, they're at home. Mm. Gee, it's going to be a tough game for them to win, but I say they win at home. Okay. North Melbourne take on the Brisbane Lions at Marvel Stadium on Sunday in a must-win game for North. And it's a good chance for Brisbane to show that they're the real deal. They win in Melbourne against sort of mid-range opposition I mean after round one it it kind of feels ridiculous to pick North Melbourne in this game like surely North Melbourne aren't going to play as badly two weeks in a row and they're playing at home but Brisbane are good Brisbane are really good yeah are they good I think maybe they are good I think they are I think they're the new Melbourne if they are genuinely good Brisbane then this is the sort of game that they need to win to prove that they're genuinely good, I reckon. Yeah. Like, you've got to be able to come down to Melbourne, prove you can win games. And beating a club like North Melbourne at Marvel, that's a good place to go and sort of play for yeah. Brisbane. You know, it's not like playing in front of like, you know, 70,000, 80,000 angry fans from the opposition at the MCG or something. So, yeah, okay, Brisbane, why not? I also predict that Chris Fagan, Dennis Pagan, before the game will take a bite out of his sandwich and all the filling will spill out onto his pants and he'll be like, oh, jeez. <laughs> God, can someone give me a nap? And he'll start wiping with a napkin, but it'll just make it worse. So when he does his press conference, he'll have a big stain, like tomato stain on his pants. Uh, Hawthorne take on the Western Bulldogs at the MCG in a... Uh, Match of the round. Well, Hawthorne just... I reckon Hawthorne just look. Hawthorne just look great again, don't they? Oh, no. So Richmond Collingwood's probably matched the round. This is number two. Hawthorne look good. Hawthorne look like Hawthorne. Uh, Bulldogs are exciting. This uh, this should get a good crowd. It's probably the best game of the Sunday in Melbourne. So, oh, I don't know, man. I think I'd pick the Hawks. They look like they look like they're looks like Alistair Clarkson's just done what Alistair Clarkson does. And I mean, the Bulldogs are good, but I don't know something about Hawthorne. Just can't can't deny them at the G. I mean, they just they, they just continue to be a really really good football side. And Alistair Clarkson has a knack of just turning guys who were good ordinary footballers into champion players. What's his face? Bloody uh, Thorpedo. What's his name? Um, Warple. The Whirlpool. Warple. Warple. Who's now just a gun midfielder. Like the Warpedo. Crazy. Yeah, I know. It's ridiculous. One falls down and another one steps up. Um, Like the many heads of Hydra will. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm going to pick the Bulldogs because, you know, why not? They're my yeah, team. But uh, it wouldn't surprise me if uh, Hawthorne won that one. All right, final game is the Gold Coast Suns taking on Frio at Metricon Stadium. Uh, you know what? Gold Coast weren't as bad as I thought they were going to be last week. They still have that kind of like nucleus of good midfielders and a couple of good talls. I mean, Jared Witts is a really good ruckman and two-meter Peter could have won the game for them last week. But Frio just looked... You know what Frio oh, looked sorry, like? Are you talking about 198 centimetre, Peter? Yeah, <laughs> 198 centimetre. Two centimetres short, Peter. Yeah. Um, 
Frio to me looked like Ross Lyon has kind of he's done what Ross Lyon does. Like they look galvanized, like the 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 Saints teams of '09 and '10. They just just good talent across the board, well drilled, disciplined, with just enough mongrel to scare teams. So I reckon Frio will win that one. I mean, they've got to do it consistently to convince people because, you know, Frio have been really hit and miss. But, gee, if they play anything close to what they played on the weekend, then they'd beat Gold Coast, I would have thought. And they're fully firing Nat Fife with pretty much any other group of players I'd pick against Gold Coast. So, yeah, I'm going to say Frio too. All right. Uh, and that's it for this week. Uh, you can go to our Facebook page, Two Guys, One Cup, if you want to send us a message, like Blake, who sent us that article about the captains, which is great because he basically gave us about half an hour worth of material. We didn't have to think of anything to talk about. So if you want to send us a message, you can do that. We're also on Twitter. And, Will, you're doing a stand-up show, I believe. Oh, yeah. It starts tonight, probably, when you're hearing this. But anyway, Wednesday the 27th at the Melbourne Comedy Festival, the first few nights of previews, uh, which means they're cheaper and which means I'll be working out what it is I'm doing. But um, it's on for uh, 20 shows, four weeks. So um, uh, please uh, come and see the show. And uh, yeah, I hope you enjoy it. And if you're a fan of this podcast, you can go to tofop.com to check out our whole range of podcasts. There's Tofop, which is like this, but let's talk about footy. There's philosophy. There's... Uh, Fofop, which is like Tofop without me. It's a whole bunch of audio entertainment uh, for your pleasure. And if you feel like supporting us, you can go to patreon.com forward slash Tofop, which is sort of like a crowdfunding site. It helps us do the show and pay Mike Howell to mix it together. And the artwork that we had done by James Fosdyke at the start of the season basically keeps the lights on. So um, until we find a sponsor for this year, that's our main source of paying for the show. So patreon.com forward slash Tofop. And uh, play on not 15. Whoa. We are two guys, one car.